Well, I hope that you recognize that song that was Love Lifted Me. A wonderful song indeed. Uh, one of my favorites, and that was played by Mr. James Courts. Good morning and welcome to Calvary Baptist Church and our Bible study this morning. Today is Sunday, the 10th of May, and as always, let's open up our Bible study with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, dear Lord, for this day. We thank you, dear Lord, for taking great care of us. We thank you, dear Lord, for being with us and protecting us. We ask, dear God, for your blessing upon this service today. We pray, dear Lord, that you will speak to us. We pray, dear Lord, that you will guide us. We pray, dear Lord, that you will draw us closer to you. Heavenly Father, I pray, dear God, that you'll open our eyes to the wondrous things found in your law. And Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll guide us. I pray that you'll encourage us. I pray, dear God, that you'll give us an inquisitive mind and a sticky mind that we might remember the things that we learn. We love you, dear God, and we ask your blessing upon this time of Bible study today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, let's open up our Bibles to Exodus chapter 29. Exodus chapter 29. And our lesson today will cover Exodus 29 and most of chapter 30. I hope that you have your Bible, a pen or a pencil, and a piece of paper, and of course your bulletin with your Sunday school lesson inside. We are looking at Exodus chapter 29 and 30. Now I want you to remember that in these chapters, Moses is still receiving instructions from God. Now I want to ask you, where is this happening? Well, the answer is Moses is still on Mount Sinai. This is the same place that he has been since chapter 19. All of the things we've been looking at these past few weeks, God is still speaking face to face to Moses up on the top of Mount Sinai. The same place where he received the Ten Commandments, the same place where he received the instructions about the different um, feasts and festivals they were supposed to hold for God, the same place that he received all of the instructions, these are the continuing instructions to Moses given by God on Mount Sinai. Joshua is with him, not up at the very top, but down near the bottom. And then, of course, the children of Israel are down below. They're being watched over by Aaron. And uh, they're waiting for Moses. They're wondering what's happening to him. And so this is a continuation all the way from chapter 19. So the answer to uh, the first question there is Moses is still on Mount Sinai. Number one, chapter 29, verses 1 through 37. These verses are teaching us about the consecration or the dedication of the priests to the service of the Lord. So the answer for number one is priests. Chapter 29 verses 1 through uh, 37, it talks all about the different ways that Aaron and his sons were to be dedicated, how they were supposed to set themselves apart for the service for the Lord. Number two, then we go on to verses 38 through 46. And in verses 38 through 46, we see a few more uh, instructions about how uh, the priests are supposed to serve, but we see something very interesting. We see that God is to be worshipped continually. Now, I hope you were able to get that answer very easily because I forgot to remove the answer from beside the blank. So for number two, the answer is continually. God is supposed to be worshipped continually. If we look in verse 42, the Bible says, this shall be a continual burnt offering throughout your generations. 
at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before the Lord, where I will meet to you to speak there unto thee. God says that this is supposed to be a continual occurrence uh, for the priest to be offering sacrifices and incense before him in the tabernacle. In verse 38, the sacrifices were supposed to be daily. Verse 38, the Bible says, Now this is that which thou shalt offer upon the altar, two lambs of the first year, day by day, continually. That is daily. The offerings of incense were supposed to be daily as well. Look at chapter 30, verse 7. The Bible says, And Aaron shall burn thereon sweet incense every morning when he dresseth the lamps. He shall burn incense upon it. So every morning the high priest, that was Aaron in this case, would go into the tabernacle and he would burn incense on the altar of incense there within the holy place. Now this teaches us a very important principle. Our walk with the Lord is also to be a daily walk. Uh, it's not supposed to be a weekly walk. The, what I'm saying is the time when we open our Bible should not be every Sunday. The time when we open our Bible should be every day. The time when we spend time in prayer should not be just on Sunday. It should be every day. Your communion, your fellowship with the Lord should be a daily occurrence in your life. That's very important. And that's something we can learn here from Exodus chapter 29. Let's go on to number three. Number three, verses 45 and 46 describe the relationship that the Lord wanted to have with Israel. So the answer to the blank in number three is the word relationship. If we read verses 45 and 46, the Bible says, And I will dwell among the children of Israel and will be their God, and they shall know that I am the Lord their God that brought them forth out of the land of Egypt, that I may dwell among them. I am the Lord their God. Now, Jehovah God was speaking to the children of Israel at this place. But you need to understand, he is also speaking to you and I as Christians. He wants to be our God. He wants us to know that he is the Lord, their God. That he is the one who takes care of us, who provides for us, who, who protects us, and that he dwells among us. He wants us to understand that he is Jehovah and that he is our God. And that's very important. Now on number four, we're going to go on into chapter 30. Chapter 30 in the book of Exodus. And verses 1 through 10 talk about the altar of incense. Now have you ever been into an Indian shop, uh, a place where a muenya is doing business? And you notice that behind the counter there, they have something smoldering. There's smoke coming up. That is a stick of incense that they are burning to one of their false gods. Um, they burn that and it smells really good. And it's supposed to be a, a blessing to their God. Well, inside the tabernacle, just outside the veil that separated the holy place. Now, the holy place is where the golden candlestick and the table of showbread was. And the holy of holies, where the Ark of the Covenant and the mercy seat was, those two places inside the tabernacle were separated by the veil. So the Ark of the Covenant was on one side of the veil, totally private, 
totally separate. The priest only went into the Holy of Holies once a year and only with blood for the sins of the priest and the sins of the nation, only once a year. But then in the holy place, that's the place where the golden candlestick, uh, we call that the menorah, and also the table of showbread was. And now we see that also the altar of incense was there in the holy place. Now the altar of incense was right up against that veil that separated the two parts of the tabernacle. Okay, And this altar was made of wood, and it was covered with gold, and it is where the incense would be burnt every day as a sweet smell for the Lord. Okay? Um, the altar was four square. What that means is that it was a square. And it had horns on each corner. And it was carried with poles placed through the rings on the side of the altar. And it was carried on the shoulders of the priests. Now, you might remember that outside of the tabernacle, there was a large altar where they would offer the burnt sacrifices. That was a very large altar. This one is much smaller, and it's inside the tabernacle. This altar was only about a half meter on each side, but it was also on a platform, so it was of a normal height where it could be used without bending over. And this is where they would offer the, um, the incense every single day as a sweet savor to the Lord, something nice for him to smell. Now, let's go on to number five. Have you noticed that inside the tabernacle, there are no seats? There are no benches within the tabernacle? Did you notice that? Think about the furniture that is inside the tabernacle. Well, inside the Holy of Holies, there is the Ark of the Covenant, and then the lid, which is called the mercy seat. No place to sit in there. Then you've got the veil that separated the two rooms of the tabernacle. And then in the main room, the holy place, you had the table of showbread, but no chairs. You had that huge menorah, the, the seven uh, candlesticks there on one branch. And then you had the altar of incense. Why do you think, now we're on to number six, why do you think that there was no seat or bench within the tabernacle? The answer is because the work of the priest was never finished. So the answer to number six is the word finished. There were always more offerings and sacrifices to make. They were never done. So there was never time to sit down and take a break. Every day, every month, every year, year after year, these sacrifices of animals were made. But see, these sacrifices could not forgive or blot out the sins of the people. They could only cover them temporarily. And so year after year, month after month, day after day, the priests were busy doing their duties inside the tabernacle, offering sacrifices outside in the courtyard. They did this every day because their work was never finished. Let's go on to number seven. Now compare what we just learned about the work of the priest never being finished. And let's look at Hebrews chapter 1 and Hebrews chapter 10. Okay? So turning your Bibles over to Hebrews chapter 1. I'll give you a second to turn over there. Of course, in Hebrews chapter 1 and Hebrews chapter 10, these verses are talking about Jesus Christ, our high priest. Look at verse 3 of chapter 1 who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person 
and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Now, there are a couple of things I want you to see in this verse. It says, by himself, he purged our sins. It's important to understand that our salvation is not included with any works. We do not need to assist Jesus. We do not, to add, we do not need to add anything to his blood. The Bible says when he had by himself purged our sins, he had completely covered them, blotted them out. They were forgotten. And then he did what? He sat down. Look at Hebrews chapter 10, verses 11 and 12. Turn over to Hebrews 10, verses 11 and 12. The Bible says, And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. So what is the position of the priest? We're talking about the Old Testament priests. If we look at verse 11, they are standing every day. And they're offering the same sacrifices day after day, which can never take away sins. Did you see that? What this is saying is the keeping of the law can never take away sins. Because the sacrifices were of the law. Verse 12. Now this verse is talking about Jesus Christ. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever sat down on the right hand of God. So Jesus offered one sacrifice. What was that sacrifice? Well, that was his blood. And it was for sins forever. No more sacrifices had to be made. He was finished. And so what did he do? He sat down. So remember about that, that in the Old Testament system, the priest was never finished with his offerings. He was never finished with his sacrifices. But Jesus one time when he purged himself by him, when he purged our sins by himself, he sat down on the right hand of God. Let's go on to number eight. In chapter 30, verses 11 through 16, we see a concept of ransom money. And what this was, this was a, a, an amount of money that was collected from time to time to help with the maintenance on the tabernacle. Okay? Uh, Look at verse 12. When thou takest the sum of the children, that's talking about a census. When thou takest the sum of the children of Israel after their number, then they shall give every man a ransom for his soul unto the Lord. When thou numberest them, that there be no plague among them when thou numberest them. So we see that the purpose of the ransom money was, uh, it was there It was there as an offering to the Lord to help maintain the tabernacle, okay? And this was collected whenever there was a census, whenever they would count the the children of Israel. Uh, I know that here in Zambia, we take a census every 10 years. That's the same way we do it in the United States. Um, But the children of Israel, they would take a census whenever God told them to. It might be every 20 years. It might be every five years. It was just whenever God said, number the people. And so they had to take up this offering uh, at that time. Now, number nine, this ransom money is also called the atonement money in verse 16. Verse 16 says, and thou shalt take the atonement money of the children of Israel and shalt appoint it for the service of the tabernacle 
of the congregation, that it may be a memorial unto the children of Israel before the Lord to make an atonement for your souls. So this ransom money is also called the atonement money. And this money was only collected when a census was taken. We saw that in verse 12. And it was used for the upkeep of the tabernacle. We saw that in verse 16. And they shall appoint it for the service of the tabernacle of the congregation. And uh, the sum of it, it was about a thousand kwacha. Uh, in American dollars, it was about $60, something like that. And so in Zambian kwacha, that would be about a thousand kwacha that everybody had to give. Okay, now... Go on to number 10. Let's look at some ways that the ransom money is like our tithe. Okay? Letter A. It is owed. It's not a gift. It's not voluntary. Just like our tithe is not voluntary, neither was the ransom money. It was something that was owed. Letter C. The ransom money applied to everyone, whether they were rich or whether they were poor, they all had to give the same amount. The rich could not pay more to try to earn favor or to get in the good graces of the Lord, and the poor could not claim his poverty as an excuse why not to pay it. And this is the same with the tithe. The rich person pays the same as the poor person, okay? Uh, and the poor person can't say, oh, well, I'm too poor, so I can't pay my tithe. No, whether you're rich, whether you're poor, God expects you to pay your tithe, just like in the Old Testament, they were expected to pay this ransom money. And it's just like salvation today, uh, in that everybody has to be saved. Whether you're rich, whether you're poor, whether you're a man, whether you're a woman, every person comes to Jesus Christ the same way. Another way that the ransom money was like our tithe, letter D, there was a curse on the people who did not obey. God did not bless them. As a matter of fact, it was very clear that they would be cursed by God if they did not pay this ransom money. Now, let's go to number 11. Let's look at ways that the ransom money is unlike our tithe, the way that it's different. Well, the way that it's different is that the ransom money was a fixed amount. It was always a thousand kwacha, whereas the tithe is only 10%, okay? So if a person makes 100 kwacha, their tithe is 10 kwacha. If a person makes 100,000 kwacha, their tithe is 10,000 kwacha. Okay? Uh, it's a fixed amount. Okay? It's 10% only. All right. So we're going to stop there for today. Uh, next week, we'll be looking at the laver. And this is the brazen pool that was outside the tabernacle where the priests would wash themselves before they would go inside. Uh, but we will get to that next week in our Bible study. And so we will finish at this point. If I've gone too fast or you've missed uh, one of the answers, if you look back on your paper and you see that there's a blank spot there, uh, go ahead and turn to the back of your bulletin and you will find the answers at the bottom of the page and you can get the answers and you can fill them in uh, to your paper uh, there so that you have every single answer that is ready for you there. All right. Let's go ahead and let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, dear Lord, for this time where we could study your word, where we could learn more about you. And Heavenly Father, we thank you, dear Lord, for your Holy Spirit. We thank you, dear Lord, for your salvation. We thank you, dear God, that you are just. And we thank you, dear God, that you are fair. Heavenly Father, what an honor it is to serve you. We ask your blessing upon the rest of the service today. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. Christ the Lord is risen today. Sons of men and angels say, raise your joys and triumphs high. Sing ye hymns and earth reply. Bright and blessed, he'll prepare. 
Good morning and welcome to Calvary Baptist Church online this morning. This is our podcast and this is the time for our announcements and our prayer requests. We welcome you to worship with us today here at Calvary Baptist Church of Indola and we're happy that you have chosen to join us. To start off our service this week, we want to start off with prayer and a moment of reflection. This is a time when we look inside ourselves and prepare our hearts and our spirit to receive the word of God and to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us today. So let's start off with a word of prayer while you're at your place and I'm here at my home. I ask you to bow your head and close your eyes and let's ask the Lord to cleanse us and to prepare us to receive his word this morning. Heavenly Father, we come before you today and we thank you that we are able to serve you, great God Jehovah. Heavenly Father, there is no God like you. And Heavenly Father, what an honor it is that you've chosen to reveal yourself to us and to share with us your plan of salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you, dear God, for giving us your word, the Bible. We thank you, dear God, for giving us your Holy Spirit who speaks to us and guides us and shows us the way that we should go. We ask, dear God, for your blessing upon this service. Heavenly Father, I pray during this time that we'll go ahead and shut off our television, we'll turn off our phone, and Heavenly Father, let's just focus upon the lesson that you have for us today. Heavenly Father, we love you, dear God. We ask your blessing upon this service today. We ask, dear Lord, that as a result of this service, we'll have a closer walk with you and that our heart will be more pure and more clean in your sight today. Heavenly Father, I pray, dear Lord, that our behavior, our thoughts, our actions, our emotions, every single thing will be clean and make you to smile upon us and to shine your face toward us. Heavenly Father, we love you very much. And we ask your blessing upon this service today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
I hope that you have your bulletin this morning. Uh, the announcements are all there on your bulletin. And so uh, the first announcement is that services will continue to be canceled for this coming week. Now, I know that President Lungu has chosen to open up cinemas and casinos and uh, some other activities, restaurants and all that. But the truth is, just yesterday on Saturday, I read that there were 85 new cases of coronavirus in Zambia. It seems like every day we're getting closer to 100 new cases for that day. And uh, this is a time, I think, when we need to still be cautious. And so uh, we're going to go ahead and we're going to keep the church closed down and doing this podcast for a few more weeks until we feel that it's safe for us to gather again in the church and the house of the Lord and have our services there. We do want to say happy Mother's Day to all of you mothers out there today. Uh, This is the day in the United States where we celebrate Mother's Day, and I think we do the same thing here in Zambia. And so uh, we want to congratulate our mothers today. If your mother is still living, I hope that you'll give her a phone call today. I hope that you'll tell her thank you. I hope that you'll be a blessing to her, maybe even give her a little gift and just uh, help her uh, feel appreciated on this special day. And for those of you who are a mother, we thank you for the awesome responsibility that you care that you carry. Our prayer is that you will care for your children, that you will educate them properly, not just in the Zambian school system, but also in the things of the Lord, because you control the future of our country. I want to remind you that your tithes and offerings can be sealed in an envelope and left with Brother Mevin at the church. If you can't get to the church, then uh, you can give your uh, tithe or your offering in an envelope to Brother Dixon or to Brother Benjamin as they come around to give you your bulletin for the week. Or if it's Pastor Andrew who visits your house, you can give it to me and I will make sure that they that it gets to the church and put in the offering for you. And so will Brother Benjamin and so will Brother Dixon and so will Brother Mevin if you drop that off at the church. I want to let you know that we are still paying our bills there at the church. Uh, we're still paying Kafubu. We're still paying uh, Brother Daka, uh, his gift that we give him for the Deaf Bible Baptist Church. And so the bills are still continuing to be paid. And we thank all of you who are being honest with God and being faithful to give your tithes and offerings, even though our church services are not being held at the church building. We want to congratulate Catherine Fapokolo and Chola Mundubwe, that's Jenkins, uh, Jenkins Mundubwe, for listening very carefully to the sermon last week and winning a chocolate bar. I have to tell you, I'm sorry that I made the the second clue so difficult last week. Uh, I I didn't realize that that was so confusing, and I'm sorry if if, uh, you found that very difficult. In the future, I will try to make sure that all of the clues are very easy to find and easy for you to answer because I want you to win a chocolate bar if you are the first or second person to send those in to Pastor Andrew. All right. Uh, please remember to take proper precautions to protect yourself from illnesses. Uh, please make sure that you wash your hands with soap and water. Um, go ahead and keep away from people who are sick. And uh, I believe that President Lungu still wants us to wear a mask when we're outside. I find that very difficult. Um, but I try to do that. I try to follow that. And so at this time when the illnesses are becoming more and more frequent in our community, I think that now is the time for us to be extra vigilant and to make sure that we take care, especially of our little ones, and make sure that they are not sucking on their fingers or touching their faces so that they can be safe. I think that's very, very important. 
Um, there is some. There are a couple of other announcements. The first announcement is I'm happy to tell you that our daughter Andrea graduated from nursing school on Friday. Uh, she completed her four-year degree and she graduated with a bachelor's of science in nursing degree. And so very soon she'll be testing to get her license to be a registered nurse and then to go on and work. And so we're very proud of Andrea and we want to congratulate her. And then also Allison, our daughter, became engaged yesterday to Isaac, uh, to Isaac Watt. And uh, we praise the Lord for uh, her. And we praise the Lord that, uh, that she found a nice young man that she can become engaged to. And I know I'm going to get in trouble because I know that already I said his name wrong and that's not right. Uh, I shouldn't have done that. Um, but uh, she did get engaged and we praise the Lord for that. And so uh, please pray for, uh, please pray for Allison and Isaac Webb. It wasn't Isaac Watt. I got my tongue tied. So Isaac Webb and Allison Schultz have become engaged. They don't have a, a wedding date yet, but they are very happy together. And uh, they are looking forward to the Lord blessing them in marriage and a happy life together. So please, if you, you're friends with them on social media, please feel free to, to send them a congratulations on that. That's very good. All right. As we said, it's Mother's Day. And so if you'll take out your uh, song sheet, you'll see that on the back of the song sheet, there's a puzzle for you to do matching up mothers with their children. And so you can look up those uh, references there in your Bible and then put the proper letter uh, with the woman who was the mother. So for number one, uh, Eve was the mother to, I'm going to tell you, it's letter H, Abel. And you find that in Genesis chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. But the rest of them, you're going to have to get on your own uh, there. But let's take out our, uh, our song sheet. The very first song is, I Will Sing of My Redeemer. And this is an excellent song. So please get out your song sheet and sing together with your family, with your friends who you're with right there. And let's praise the Lord in our song this morning.
All right, it's time for us to look at our prayer requests now. So look back at your bulletin. And uh, please remember to pray for those who are traveling. Uh, we know of some missionaries from Kalalushi, the Collins family. You might remember uh, Zoe Collins, who was at our camp a couple of years ago. Uh, her parents and her brothers and her sisters will be traveling back to the United States today. And so please pray for them as they fly out of Lusaka, uh, going back to the United States. Also, please pray for the safety and good health for all of the Zambians uh, during this, these times of uncertainty. Please pray for President Lungu and the ministers of parliament as they make very important decisions about the health and safety of our country. Uh, it's a very difficult decision. It's a very tough time for the president and for the ministers of parliament because they have to try to protect the economy of the country while also protecting the citizens. And that's a very fine line that they have to walk um, so that they don't damage one trying to protect the other. Uh, it's not uh, an easy job, and so we need to pray for them that they'll have wisdom and that they'll make the best decisions for the country of Zambia. Please also pray for the vulnerable people of Zambia during these coming days. I understand that the new hot spot in Zambia is Nakonde, um, but very soon that could be Ndola as well. So let's pray for one another during these days. And as always, please contact me uh, with your prayer requests. Uh, you can text me at 0965 um, You can also contact me at that same number on WhatsApp. If you have a prayer request, if you need to talk, if you need to meet with me, uh, just go ahead and give me a call, uh, send me a text, and we will make an arrangement to take care of that. But uh, also let's remember for people with unspoken requests, um, I have an unspoken request, Bonanjuda has an unspoken request, and many of you who I've spoken to this week, you also say that you have an unspoken request, so let's remember those today. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, dear Lord, for allowing us to meet together, even though we're in our own homes. Heavenly Father, there are two or more gathered together today, and Heavenly Father, we ask for your presence in our midst. Heavenly Father, we pray, dear God, that you will open our eyes to the wonderful things of your law. And Heavenly Father, we pray, dear God, that you will hear our prayer. We ask, dear God, that your Holy Spirit will make intercession as he promised he would in our request today. Heavenly Father, first of all, we think of the unspoken prayer requests that we all have. Heavenly Father, each of us have a need. We have a request. We have a, a place where we need to feel your presence in our life. And Heavenly Father, I pray, dear God, that you will speak to us and that you will answer our request. Heavenly Father, even if your answer is no, or even if your answer is wait, dear God, Heavenly Father, help us to hear your reply, and Heavenly Father, help us to be satisfied, because Heavenly Father, what we want here on this earth is your will to be done, just as it is in heaven. Heavenly Father, we pray, dear God, that you'll answer our prayers, but Heavenly Father, we pray, dear God, that you'll answer our prayers according to your will, because Heavenly Father, we serve you, and we're pleased with the way that you plan we're pleased in the way that you take care of us. And Heavenly Father, we ask for your will above our will every single time. Heavenly Father, we pray to your Lord that you'll be with the vulnerable people of Zambia during these days. Please keep them well. Please bless them. Heavenly Father, please take away this illness from Zambia and from the world. We pray to your God for wisdom for President Lungu and the ministers of parliament. Heavenly Father, please guide them with the hard decisions they have to make. Please give them wisdom and bless them, dear Lord, as they govern this great country. Heavenly Father, I do pray for the Collins family as they travel today back to the United States. Please bless them. Please help their flights to be safe. And Heavenly Father, I pray to your God that you'll put people in their path who will bless them and who will help them. And Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll help them return to their home in the United States safely. 
and watch over them as they go. We love you, dear Lord, and we ask your blessing upon this service today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, let's go ahead and let's take our song sheet a second time, and let's sing Glory to His Name. All right, this is the second song on the song sheet, Glory to His Name. It is the time of our service now uh, for our sermon, and so if you will please open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 9, Hebrews chapter 9 this morning. As you're turning there, I hope that you will enjoy this special music by the Marshall family as you open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 9.
Amen, and that was Be Thou My Vision by the John Marshall family. You might have noticed that uh, in most of the songs that we listen to, well, probably about half of them, there's no music. Uh, this is a style of music called a cappella, which means without music, and it's a way that people just use their voices to harmonize and to make beautiful music. Sometimes if you use instruments, it's easy for those instruments to overpower the singing or to get first place or first notice in the singing. And so a cappella is a very beautiful style of music, and if it's done properly, it sounds wonderful. And to be honest with you, that song is one of my favorite songs. I listen to it again and again. Uh, it is just such a wonderful song of praise to the Lord. I hope that you found Hebrews chapter 9 in your Bible this morning. We're going to be looking at verses 11 down through verse 14. And verse 14 will be our text for today. But I hope you have found Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11 through verse 14. And the title of the sermon today is, Your Service to the Living God. Your Service to the Living God. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11 through 14. Please follow along in your Bible this morning as we read these verses. The Bible says, But Christ, being come and high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, verse 14, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? So we want to focus on verse 14 this morning. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. It's saying if the blood of bulls and goats, which could not take away sin, if they could motivate the people of Israel to serve God, then how much more shall the precious blood of Jesus Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, how much more should we now purge our conscience from dead works and serve the living God? Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you very much, dear God, and we thank you for your great sacrifice. We thank you for your great service as our sacrificial lamb, as our offering for sin. Heavenly Father, we pray, dear God, that your Holy Spirit will speak to our hearts today. Heavenly Father, motivate us. Heavenly Father, guide us. Heavenly Father, bring us to the place where we can serve you to the best of our ability. Heavenly Father, we love you very much, and we ask your blessing upon this service today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Jesus Christ offered his blood 
as the payment for our sin. That's what it said there in verse 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God? Remember, his blood was perfect. It was sinless. It was without spot. And that's exactly what a sacrificial lamb had to be. If you remember the instructions for the Passover, the lamb had to be perfect, without spot, without any blemish. And that is what Jesus Christ was. And that is what his sacrifice was for us as well. Look in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It says, For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. You see, not only did he give up his riches for poverty, he also gave up his home, he gave up his power, he gave up his comfort for you and I so that he could be our sacrificial lamb. Verse 14 says that his blood was spotless, it was without fault. It was the perfect payment for our sins. And now that we have received his gift, now remember, we have received his gift alone. His sacrifice was only his blood. It's not his blood and our works. We can't add anything to what he's done. We can't say that our works are equal to his blood. That would never work. Now that we have received his gift alone and we have repented of our sins and are now the children of God, this sacrifice that Jesus made should cause us to remove dead works from our life and serve the living God. You see, in verse 14, there are two actions that you and I need to do. Number one, we need to purge dead works. Did you see that? It says to purge dead works from our life. And number two, it says serve the living God. So here's the question. What are dead works? Last week, we saw about uh, doing good works, but what are dead works? Here's the answer. Dead works are, is doing good things for the wrong reason. Is that possible? Yes, it sure is. You can do the right thing for the wrong reason, and that is displeasing to God. Now, that goes against, uh, that goes against our human thinking our human understanding, but it is possible to do good things for the wrong reason and to be displeasing to God. You see, last week in the sermon, we learned that we are to do good works, not to be saved, but because we are saved. But this week we see that not only do we need to do good works, we need to do it for the right reason. And here's the reason why. God sees our heart. He sees our motives. He understands the reason for the things that we do. Think about 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. The Bible says, But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord Jehovah seeth not as a man seeth. For a man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord Jehovah looketh on the heart. You see, God doesn't just look at our actions, at what we do. He looks on our motive in doing the good deeds. And our motive for doing good deeds and for serving God should be because we love God and we want to please Him. 
But oftentimes, we do things because we are trying to please or impress other people. We do things because we are concerned about what others will think of us. Or we do things to avoid punishment. For instance, why do we not steal? Is it because we are afraid of getting caught? Is it because we are afraid of getting punished? Is that the reason we don't steal? For some people it is. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a dead work. Why are we not immoral? Why don't we engage in fornication? Why don't boyfriends and girlfriends go out and have sex and do things and, that God says are immoral and improper? Is it because we are afraid of getting pregnant? Is it because we're afraid of catching a sexually transmitted disease like HIV or AIDS? If that's the reason we are not immoral, then that is a dead work. Here's another example. Why do we tithe? Do we do it to please pastor? Do we do it to earn favor with God? Do we do it so that people don't gossip about us? If that's the reason why we tithe, that, my friend, is a dead work. Here's my thinking, okay? Here's what I think. If my life or my actions are pleasing to God, then I don't care what other people think. Because if they love God the way that I love God, then my actions will be pleasing to them as well. I just want to surround myself with people who want to please God as I do. And if they don't, then really it doesn't matter what they have to say. But the truth is, so often we serve things that we have made or we serve things that we feel that we have accomplished, whether it's seeking wealth or trying to find property or houses or education, things that we have constructed ourselves instead of serving God. In those cases, ladies and gentlemen, those things become idols. Verse 14 here in Hebrews chapter 9 commands us to purge. Now that word purge means to get rid of dead works. That means get the dead works out of our life. Just stop doing the things to please others. If that's why you're doing the good things that you're doing, if that's why you're, you're uh, obeying God, just stop it. But don't just stop doing dead works. Now turn around and start serving the living God. Why? Because you love him. Because you want to please him. Here's an example. Choose not to steal because stealing would disappoint God. Not because you're worried about getting caught. Not because you're worried about being punished. Your motivation for not stealing and being honest is because you don't want to displease God. Remain pure and wholesome because that will make God happy. Do you remember Joseph when Potiphar's wife tried to entice him and even grabbed his robe and tried to pull him into bed? There was no one else in the house. If Joseph wanted to, he could have slept with Potiphar's wife. No one might ever have found out. But Joseph didn't say, well, what happens if she gets pregnant? Or what happens if my boss finds out? Or what happens if I catch a disease? Do you remember what Joseph said? Joseph said to, to Potiphar's wife, he said, how could I do this great wickedness and sin against my God? That was the reason why Joseph chose to remain pure and wholesome. Because he wanted to make God happy. He didn't want to disappoint God. And that is the correct reason for doing a good work. 
that is the correct reason for doing right. You should give your tithes and offerings because you recognize all that God has done for you and because you want to obey him. Not because you're worried that pastor is going to confront you or when uh, the, the accounting comes out, it's going to be found out that you haven't given tithe for a month or six weeks or eight weeks. You need to give your tithe because you agree that everything that you have, including your salary and your wealth, is from God and belongs to him. And you realize that giving back your 10% is the physical way that you can show that you understand that everything that you have belongs to him. Why should you read your Bible? Not just to mark off a, a blank on a page on a Bible reading schedule. Read your Bible to get to know your creator, to get to know your author better. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 9 says, And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all that obey him. Jesus Christ is your author. Get to know him. That's why you should be reading your Bible. Because he's the one who made you, and he gave you this book, this love letter, to explain to you how to live your life to its fullest. Read the Bible. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. He's the one who created our faith. He's the one who sets the example for our faith. So learn more about him. Spend time with him. That brings us to the next thing. Spend time in prayer. Not because Pastor Andrew's always uh, trying to guilt you into spending time in prayer, but spend time in prayer to fellowship with your God. Not just to ask for things, but to spend time with your Father, to spend time with your Savior, and to fellowship with Him. Witness. Be a witness because you want others to know how great and wonderful your Savior is for themselves. Let me ask you this. Do you actually think that God is great? You know, sometimes our service and our behavior makes us think that God is just fake. Because I think if we really believed that God was real, I think that we would serve him better. I think that our actions would reflect that belief. Open your eyes. Look at the world around you. Go to a mirror. Look in the mirror. Look at yourself. The Bible says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Psalm chapter 139 verse 14 says, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My soul knoweth that that is right. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. In one of my uh, college classes that I've been taking during this time of lockdown, uh, this online course that I'm taking, I've been learning about the heart. Do you realize that your heart beats 100,000 times a day? Can you imagine that? 100,000 times a day your heart beats. How many times does it break down? Well, it doesn't break down. Do you know how much blood your heart pumps through your body each day? 7,570 liters of blood per day your heart pumps out. Can you believe that? God made that within you. 
There are kilometers of nerves and circulatory systems within you. Look at a little newborn. Look at how perfectly they're made. God did that. That's not a product of evolution. That's not a product of chance. This is the God that we serve. He made us perfectly. He made our bodies perfectly in his sight. Look at the world around you. Psalm chapter 8 verse 3. It says, When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained. In Amos chapter 5 verse 8. It says, Seek him that maketh the seven stars in Orion, and turneth the shadow of death into the morning, and maketh the day dark with night, that calleth for waters of the sea, and poureth them out upon the face of the earth. The Lord is his name. Have you taken an opportunity to watch a sunset or to look at the sunrise? You know, I'm shocked when I talk to people nowadays. I said, Did you see that sunset? It was beautiful. And people look at me like, huh? What? No, I didn't notice it. Isn't it the same every day? No, my friend, it's beautiful. And God created it just for you. I ask people, did you see the moon the last couple of nights? How big it was and how clear and how beautiful. When it came up, it was red and then it turned orange. And they say, huh? What do you mean? The moon? Guys, open your eyes. Look at the world around you. Look at the flowers. Look at the birds. Look at the creatures. Look at the moon, the brilliant sun, the twinkling stars and the planets. Each one placed by God and now held in place by his will. This week, Bonajuda and I, we were out walking while it was still dark early in the morning. We like to get out in the morning and walk and run and watch the sun come up. But it was early morning, uh, the sun was just getting ready to come up, and I was looking up at the stars and pointing out certain planets to Bonanjuda and looking at the constellations, and do you know what I saw? I saw a meteor go by in the sky, a streak of light. It was amazing. Ladies and gentlemen, this world is not by chance. It's not by evolution. It is placed on, perfect, on purpose perfectly by the God who loves us. Psalm 48 verse 1 says, Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, in the city of our God, in the mountain of his holiness. Open your eyes and see the beauty of this world that God has created. It's perfect. And when you look at the beauty of this world, understand that it is merely a reflection of the beautiful magnificence and glory of our Creator. God created everything in this world and then he declared it good. Now, some people might say, well, Pastor Andrew, the world is not a nice place. There's death, there's poverty, there's famine, there's crime, there's illness, there's children with cancer, there's children who are orphans, there's corruption, there's injustice. And I say, you're right. There are all those things in this world. But the pain and suffering in this world is a result of the effect of sin. God didn't do that. God allows it in this world because he's taken his hand off and allowed people to make choices for the time being until he comes back to rule this world in justice and in truth. But for now, sin has control of this world. 
And the pain and the suffering that you see in this world is a direct result of our sin. Romans chapter 8, verse 22 and 23, it says, For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption, to wit, the redemption of our body. You see, even the whole creation groaneth and travails in pain because of the sin that is corrupting God's perfect world. Sin has scarred and polluted what God has made. Turn one last time in your Bibles over to Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 12. God has asked us to purge ourselves of dead works and to serve the living God to look at the motives for the reasons why we do the things we do, to get rid of the things that we're doing, not just to please God, and to choose to live our life and to serve him, to serve the living God. Look at what he said to Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 12. He said, And now, Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee but to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. Ladies and gentlemen, this verse, although directed to Israel in the Old Testament, it also applies to the Christians of the church today. What does God require of thee? He requires you to fear the Lord Jehovah thy God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, and to serve the Lord Jehovah thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. That's what he asks of you and me today. Let's do this. Let's purge out the dead works out of our life. The things that we do because we're worried about what other people will say or we're worried about being caught doing wrong. Let's get rid of those things. Let's start doing good works simply because we love God. Let's do it for the right reason. And let's serve the living God today. Heavenly Father, I thank you, dear Lord, for this day. I thank you, dear God, for the encouragement to purge out the dead works out of our life. Heavenly Father, I pray that each and every one of us now will look into our heart and see why we do the things we do. And Heavenly Father, if there are changes that need to be made, please encourage us to make those changes so that we can serve the living God for the right reason, to be pleasing to you so that you can be pleased with us, so that you can make your face to smile upon us, so that you can bless us for our good works toward you, for your name. We love you, dear God, and we ask your blessing upon our lives and upon our families. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Thank you very much for joining us today for our Sunday service this 10th of May of the year 2020. I pray that this service has been a blessing to you. I pray to your Lord. I pray that the Lord will bless you. I pray to your Lord that he will keep you. And I pray to your Lord that he will give you a good week and keep you healthy. If there's anything I can do for you, please contact me at 0965-037603. Send me a text message and I'll be sure to get back in touch with you. I'm happy to pray for you uh, with your requests or if there's something I can do. If it's within my power, I will certainly try to do it. Lord bless you this week and I pray that we'll be able to very soon gather together back in our church for the fellowship that we usually enjoy. Have a great week and Lord bless you. Goodbye.